we do so in the name of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ. And it is through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, we gather here before you. We come in humility, knowing the Lord, you are our God. We are your children. And without you, we can do nothing. For all power belongs to you in heaven, on, on earth, and beneath the earth. Take control, therefore, Lord, of this morning's proceedings. Let everything go according to your purpose, according to your will. So that another day, Lord, your children shall be blessed and your name shall be exalted, magnified, honored in the life of everyone that will watch us here and elsewhere on social media. Holy Ghost, Lord, let your power permeate the entire universe. Let your will be done on earth. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's all be seated. Godly paths to success in life. Godly paths to success in life. That has been the theme of our 14 days of revival. Godly path to success in life. And uh, we have defined success as the accomplishment of goals in life. Success is the achievement or the accomplishment of goals in life. And in our very first service, we emphasize the fact that everybody, especially every Christian, must have a goal or even goals. You must have a goal that you are pursuing. So on Sunday last week, we talked about pursuing the goal or pursuing the goals. Without goals, you cannot achieve them. What are you achieving? We're going round and round and round in circles, beating about the bush. You don't even know when you are going backwards because there's no goal set before you. So, last week Sunday, we talked about pursuing the goals. And then, during the week, we talked about as you pursue the goals, Put God first. Yes, the goal is before you. you you're pressing towards the goal. But you cannot achieve that goal without God. And you cannot achieve it if you put God in the back seat. So put God in the front seat. Put God behind the steering wheel. Put God first. Put God first. How do you put God first? Unless you know and obey his word. So on Thursday, we looked at knowing and obeying the word of God. Know and obey the word of God. You must study the word. You must remember the word. Speak the word. And remember the word. Knowing, not just knowing it, but you must meditate on it. Knowing the word. Living the word, speaking the word. Knowing the word and obeying the word. And on Friday, we look at the fact that many are those who start, but they don't end. They give up along the way. For one reason or the other, they give up. Jesus said that in the cares of the world, that choke, choke the word. The cares of the world choke the word. And they are not able to finish. So on Friday, we look at do not grow weary. Don't get tired. You might as well not have started at all. Then do not, you better you didn't start. And once you start, you must finish. 
So do not grow weary. That was Friday. And that means do not get tired. Do not, growing weary means getting tired and giving up. If you want to accomplish achievements, goals in this life, then you don't grow weary. You don't get tired and give up. Regardless of what comes your way, regardless of what the devil will throw at you, the devil will throw many things at you, especially as you reach the goal. The Paul said, we must not be ignorant of the devices of the devil, the schemes, the wires of the devil. So don't get tired, don't grow weary. This morning we are going to look at one more thing that you need in this life to achieve success. And we said that success is not just the achievement of degrees or professional qualifications. It's not the acquisition of wealth or possessions. But there are two parts of success. Spiritual success and material success. Spiritual success means making it to heaven. There are two things. When we say goals, two things. Making it to eternal, to heaven, eternal life, everlasting life, one priority. And then secondly, is making it here on earth. Achievements. Achievements. Two goals that every Christian must always remember. But this morning we're looking at one more thing that we need. And that is the supply of the Spirit. The supply of the Spirit. Or the supply of the Holy Spirit. The supply of the Spirit. That is title for the subtitle for this morning. The supply of the Spirit. And then in the course of the week, we look at things that hinder us. Things that hinder us from our successes. We will look at disobedience. Disobedience. And we'll look at um, laziness. Laziness. Aquadro. And then on Friday, the all night, we look at our enemies. Our enemies. So don't miss any of the weekday week meetings. We look at um, things that hinder our successes here in this life. And therefore, in heaven, prevent them from going to heaven. And we're going to look at um, disobedience and then laziness. And on Friday, we will look at um, our enemies <laughs> before we end on, Friday, on Sunday. But today, we're looking at the supply of the Spirit. Go within the book of Philippians, chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. Philippians chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. The supply of the Spirit. Philippians 1, verse 19. Now, this is Paul writing to the Philippian church. And this is what he says. He says, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of, Christ, of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. This is a, may look like a difficult scripture, but we're going to do an exegesis. We're going to do an exposition of what Paul meant when he said this. He says in verse 19, For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. 
according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Um, Paul was in prison. When Paul was writing this letter, he was in prison. He was in captivity. And in captivity, he couldn't do much. And therefore, he needed deliverance. When a person is in bondage, in captivity, you are limited. When any area of your life is in bondage, captivity, you are limited in that area. You may be succeeding, prospering in other areas, but remember that as human beings, as Christians, there are many parts, many parts that we need to succeed. May you succeed in every part in your life. Amen. Some one or two parts may be in captivity. In this case, Paul was allowed to write to the church, but he was in bondage. He was in prison. And he said to the Philippian church that there was one thing that he knew. One thing that he was sure of. He was certain of. And that this thing would turn out for his deliverance. This, this was one thing that would turn out, that would bring about his deliverance. And what is that thing that Paul was talking about? He was saying that through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit. Church, don't forget that. Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit. The Philippian church was praying for him. And through their prayer and the supply of the Spirit in that church, he was sure he be delivered. How much more his own prayer and supply of his spirit. But even depending on the prayer and supply of the spirit of the church, he was sure we delivered. We saw it in the case of Peter also. Peter was arrested, the church prayed for him, and God delivered him miraculously. May God deliver any area of your life in bondage miraculously. Now, he said, through, through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. One day somebody asked me, oh, uh, who is the Spirit of God? I said, the Holy Spirit. Who is the Spirit of Jesus Christ? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has many names. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God, the Father. He's also the Spirit of Jesus Christ. He's the spirit of supplication. He has many names. The Holy Spirit that we are talking of here, of here sometimes referred to as the Spirit with capital S. Capital S, the Spirit. He's the same Spirit that is the Spirit of God the Father and the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So here Paul was talking about the Holy Spirit. When we go to the book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 9 and 14. Romans 8, verses 9 and 14. Romans 8, verses 9 and 14. So then, sorry, but you are not in the flesh, verse 9 says, but you are not in the flesh. But in the spirit, as you are in the Holy Spirit. Are you all there? Yes. Verse 9 says, But you, that's you and me. We are not in the, in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Church, take note of this scripture. This is the word of God. 
It's not just an ordinary book. This is God saying this to us. That you and I are not in the flesh. And I've, also, I've said this several times that believers, especially when we come before God, we are no longer in the flesh. We become spiritual. So, he said, we, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed, that is, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you, the spirit of the Father dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ, again, the Holy Spirit, that person does not belong to Jesus. In fact, the Holy Spirit is our seal. He is our mark. On the day of redemption, it is the Holy Spirit in you that Christ will see and will open the door of heaven for you to enter. No one who does not have the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit will enter into heaven. And if you, once you have the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot go to hell with the Holy Spirit. That's how it works. It's like arithmetic or mathematics. You cannot go to hell and take the Holy Spirit with you to hell. Is it possible? No. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you cannot enter into heaven. Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter to the kingdom of God. Jesus said it. Now, he is sent by the... Let's go to verse 14. Verse 14 first. That's verse 9. And verse 14. 8, 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Church, remember that in talking about godly paths, to success in this life, in this life means that you have heaven waiting for you and you achieve, you talk successes here, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. You have to be led by the Spirit of God. You cannot do it by yourself. Because the Gentiles, the unbelievers, are also chasing after the same successes. The things that will bring us fulfillment in this life, the unbeliever, the Gentiles, are also chasing the same thing. But they are, using a diff- they are using different means. Different means. Therefore, by yourself, you cannot make it. You cannot make it. You have to be led by the Holy Spirit. And if you are led by the Holy Spirit, it means that you are empowered by him. You are empowered by him. In every area of your life, you just choose a goal, prayerfully select the goal or goals, just obey. Make sure that all the things you have been teaching last week and this week, just obey them. Make sure you are filled with a supply of the Holy Spirit and success will come to you automatically. In whatever you are doing, I have experienced that even in medical practice, in medical practice, I've told you several times. In medical practice, in the consulting room, people come having had their problem for a long time. They come and because I am filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm led by the Holy Ghost, so the Holy Ghost will tell me what is wrong with the man. And the reason we got our shaman land, which I gave to Perez, was that there was this woman whose husband and whose son was and nobody could nobody could know what was wrong with them. They came to me, and as soon as the husband entered, the Holy Ghost told me that this was wrong with the man. I was led, and I did a right operation on the man, and the man recovered. Not long after, this same woman's child, his son, grown-up son, was brought to me sick again. I operated on him; he was healed. Then his brother broke his ankle. And the uncle was shattered in pieces. Nobody knew what to do. And I, I took him to the theater on a Saturday morning. He was healed. And this woman, in appreciation, gave me land. A whole plot of land out of uh, 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 a shaman or uh, what, uh, official town, uh, what, Tazi rank. 
with wall and gate, sand, stones, which I handed over to Perez, because that's where I was, I, was, I was at that time. I gave it over to them. Beloved, make sure that you are led by the Holy Spirit. And may the Holy Spirit lead every one of you. Amen. Say a better amen. amen. And amen. clap your two hands for Jesus. Now, the Spirit of God is sent from the Father. He is sent by the Father. It's the Father who sends him. John chapter 14. Let's go to John 14, verses 16 and 17. John chapter 14, 16 and 17. Let's take it from verse 15. John 14, 15, 16, and 17. He said, Jesus said, Jesus speaking, he said, If you love me, keep my commandments. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth, that I don't know for the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The difference between us and the world, the unbelievers, is that the world does not see him. The world does not know him. They don't see him, they don't know him. But we know him, and he sees us, and will be with us, dwell with us, and be with us. Church, if you agree with me, say Amen. Clap your hand for Jesus again. These are spiritual truths. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. Galatians 4, 6. Galatians 4, 6. Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. And because you are sons... God has sent forth the spirit of his son. Again, this is another name for the Holy Spirit. The spirit of his son. God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Crying out, Abba, Father. Because you are sons, God the Father has sent his spirit, the Holy Spirit, into your hearts. And by that, you cry out, Abba, Father. You see, anytime you say in the name of Jesus or Father, you are praying, say, Father, Father God. How do you feel when you make that statement? Father, thank you for this day. When are you, if you pray to the Father through Jesus, when you say Father, do you just say Father or Father? Because you have to say it. Or do you say it as you are saying to your own father, your father, father. There's a difference. The difference between just father, because where I'm told to say father, so I'm saying father. But father, Abba, this is the father you say that comes from your spirit, from the Holy Spirit through your spirit, and it has that emotional attachment to God. You are talking to God. This is a spiritual revival. And therefore, if in your prayer, you just pray casual, routinely, and you don't feel that emotional attachment to the Father that you are calling on, that you are praying to, then it means that you don't have the Holy Spirit in your heart. God has not sent that spirit of truth into your heart. And it means that you don't have him. And with the, on that day, Jesus will not recognize you as his son. That because you are sons, church, may you all be sons and daughters. Amen. May you all be sons and daughters. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. He's also sent by Christ. The Father is sending him. Christ is sending him. John 15, verse 26. John chapter 15, verse 26. It's the spirit of Christ, spirit of, of God, spirit of truth. 
John 15, verse 26. But when the helper comes, is that name is the helper? But when the helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He's a helper. Here is called the helper. When the helper comes, whom I shall send, Jesus speaking, to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. He's a helper. How can you succeed if you don't have help? If you don't have a helper? You are seeking something here on earth. It can be your business, marriage, children, pregnancy, financial breakthrough, anything. Anything. I just thought of even a consulting room, even a theater, even a theater. You need a helper. And what more helper doing that than God Himself? May God be your helper. May the Holy Spirit be your helper. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands for Jesus. Lord, these things I'm saying, they are true. They are true. One day, when I was working at the Ridge Hospital, early in the morning, I reported for work, and I went to the usual report to the casualty fair, because that's where they admit all the emergencies. We see what emergencies are there, and then we review them. Because they admitted in the night, and the doctors who admitted them, the house officers, they may not be that experienced. So we, the senior, senior doctors, we go and review them. And I got there, and there was this um, woman crying, crying like a baby. What was the matter? And I saw the house officer, the, the junior doctor, writing. The woman was crying, and she was writing. Crying, and she was writing. So I became interested. What's going on? Someone is crying, you are writing. Anyway, what is going on? And I saw by the side of the woman, her teenage, about 19, 18-year-old daughter, standing by her side with a very big tummy. I see she was about 40 weeks pregnant. Very big tummy. So I asked the engineer daughter, what are you writing? So I'm, refer- I'm referring her to Kolibu. What are you referring? He said, oh, she's got this thing. This one, we can't teach it here. It's too big. We can't do it at rich hospital. She has to go to Kolibu. I said, what is it? Because he's got a mesenteric cyst. So I look at all the, the scan, everything they have done. And I know, I know she needed a big operation. This girl needed a big operation. 18-year-old girl. Mother crying. In fact, it was a very sad spectacle. The scenario was very, very bad. So I was touched. I was touched. And the mother, you can see, was as poor as I am. You know, how can they, you know, go, so... So I said, how can I help this woman if I had, like, I, like, I had compassion on the woman? So before I knew it, I said, oh, refer her to me. Refer this girl to me. I'll do the operation. I was, I was there as a bone surgeon. I done general surgery. In, in Europe, we do general surgery. This was a case of general surgery. But my, I was there as an orthopedic surgeon, bone surg- surgeon. I said, refer her to me. Then the, the hospital looked at me and said, Oh, he, she, for so, so, and I said, refer her to me. So, for, instead of Kolebu, they referred to me. And I never done, I never done this operation before. I said, Lord, help me to help this woman. May God help you to help others. Yeah. Holy Ghost, help me to help this woman and her and her daughter. So I prepared her before long. The whole rich of the whole hospital got to know. That Dr. Edwards, who is an, an orthopedic surgeon, is going to do general surgery on a patient that will be referred to Kolebu. You can imagine. My, my friends were praying for me, but my enemies were praying against me. <laughs> we went to theater. And I knew that God would give me success. So I started with a team. No, not me alone, team. Not knowing that while I was operating, people have crept in. Come and see what, what, will, what, will ha- what will happen. So little by little, everything went, everything went well. Everything went well. As soon as I brought out this, this bag from the girl's abdomen, and I lifted it up, 
I heard clapping behind me. I looked behind me and there were not more than 15 to 20 people in the theater. <laughs> clapping. Hey. And I heard the mother outside celebrating. Yes, we that's you. Yes. May your help glorify the name of Jesus. Yeah. That's what we are talking about. That's what we are talking. Without Jesus, you cannot, without the Holy Ghost, you cannot do it. Without God, you cannot do it. You cannot do it. Just say amen to that. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So John 16, verse 7. Chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. So he is our helper. Our advantage, your advantage. Shall I say another amen? amen? Paul at this time was in prison. God said he was in prison. But he was certain of one thing. Paul in prison. He was certain of one thing. And this thing is what will bring about his deliverance. His release. He was sure. The prayer of the Philippian church for him and the resulting supply of the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul was sure. Okay, I'm in prison, I'm in chains, guards around, doors closed. <laughs> Maybe he took his, his, his faith from what happened to Peter and others. Paul and Silas, you know, he said, for I know one thing. There's one thing I know. Through your prayers and a supply of the Holy Spirit, I shall be delivered. I shall be delivered. May you be delivered through your prayer and the supply of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Clap your hands again. Today, we're going to do a lot of clapping. I can, I can see your success here in this life. Amen. And your success in eternal life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. Wow, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. This, this is powerful. You see, Paul had an earnest, a sure expectation and hope that he will not be ashamed. He will not be disgraced in this life. And on a judgment day, he will not be disgraced. Church, may you never, never be disgraced in this life. Amen. He was certain of one thing. That in all things, he will not be ashamed. Not be ashamed. Anywhere he goes, honor. Anywhere he goes, victory. Anywhere you go, prosperity. Anywhere you go, success. What about your hand fans to do prosperity? Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You shall not invest and lose your investments. Amen. While others are prospering, you lose your investment. It shall never happen. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. What about you ask God, God will give to you. The Holy Ghost is your helper. You shall succeed in this life. Amen. And in, this, in the life to come, everlasting life. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Clap for Jesus again. In nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness, as always, always boldness, boldness. Even so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Hmm. You see, prayer invites the supply of the Spirit. Prayer is what invites the Holy Spirit. And that's why I say that before you embark on anything, pray. <laughs> you know, many years ago, we had this so-called 
Reverend for America. Reverend. And he had a, a certificate, like a Ghana card. I didn't know that they, they give Ghana cars. They give Ghana cars in America, you know. And the car said that Reverend so and so is an ordained minister of this church, have been authorized to preach the gospel, to administer the ordinances of wedding, hey, a whole lot of things. And he was an ordained minister from America. And he was a friend of a friend of mine. So that's how I met him. And he came for business. He came to do something. He said, God has sent me to Ghana to do something, business. So I met him. And one day we had to, I had to go out with him. We had to go out with my friend. So while my friend was getting dressed up, I, was, I went to my friend's house where this reverend was staying at Ringway Estates. And while my friend was dressing up, I was chatting with this reverend minister from America with a Ghana card. Uh, he was a white American, not even a white American. And then you look at the card, in fact, you'll be impressed. So I said, oh, before we go, reverend, let's pray. Let's pray before. Of course, you have to pray. He was a, I was not even a pastor then. I was a church member. I wasn't a pastor. Let's, let's pray. I said, of course, let's pray. So, then I said, I will pray. So in the name of, I said, Father, in Jesus' name, then I prayed. Very simple prayer. Less than 30 seconds, one minute. By the time I finished praying, my eyes were closed. When I opened my eyes, this so-called Reverend Minister was about to punch me. I'm not lying. It was true. And he was red with anger. And he said, you are the people who pray that kind of prayer. You are one of those who pray that kind of prayer. I was shocked. Bewildered. Flabbergasted. I didn't know what was going on. This so-called minister from white American, I don't remember the name, he was shaking. You are one of those who pray that kind of prayer. What kind of prayer? <laughs> it was just a simple prayer. But the kind of spirit that was in that man was different from the kind of spirit that was in me. I knew I had a Holy Spirit, but he had a different spirit. Though he had a certificate and a card saying that ordained by so so and so, authorized to preach the word, this thing. Beloved, this word that we are in <laughs> is not as simple as that. It's not simple. Even those who claim to be church fathers, you never know what is in them. I was shocked. And I never went to my friend again. Later on, I saw my friend. I said, I said, my friend, that pastor we brought from America, is he a true minister? He said, oh, yes. Then I told him what was happening. Then he too started shaking. He was a Ghanaian. I told him, I said, what, what? Because you didn't see me in your house again, that's the reason. He started shaking. Before you go out, pray for a supply of the spirit. If you want to succeed, pray. Simple prayer, not an all-night prayer meeting. Pray. And I've told you that, you know, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You cannot be isolated Christian. You must, as regularly as possible, present yourself to God. Hear his word. Prayer and the supply of the spirit. Before you go out to conduct that business. Before you send your children to school. Before yourself, you go to work. When you come back, your children come back. Pray and thank God that God has brought them back home. Now we know what goes on in the schools. We very much know in FCAC what goes on in the schools. That now even little children are being given witchcraft spirits. When you go, you businessmen everywhere, you know, you don't know who they are. Many of them are in lodges. Many of them are satanists. They consult shrines. They get power from places. And you just go raw, 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 raw. You are joking. You are joking. Without Christ, we can do nothing. In schools, education, university, SHS, we, are, we saw how someone got aggregate uh, 15. Aggregate 15. And they want to kill her. 
I thought when you get 55, it's more than 15. But I hear 15 is more than, better than. And they want to kill her. 15. When I was in school and I was stopping my class, my, one, of my, one of my closest friends came to me one day. Not why he hated me. He said, Edwards, who need first BM? He told me face to face, Edwards, who need first BM? And that time, I topped all the subjects. May God do so for you. And may God do more than that for you. In the name of Jesus. Beloved, you, you, you need a supply of the Spirit. You want to succeed in this life and make it to heaven. Of course, you have to get to heaven. What shall it profit you if you should gain the whole world and lose your own soul? Deliverance, prayer, the supply of the Spirit. The supply of the Spirit. Very, very crucial. Without that, you can do nothing. Because it deliverance, that's why deliverance is an integral part of salvation. Deliverance is part and parcel of salvation. Salvation means you have been saved and God will not save you and leave some, some, some things about something that belong to you in the hands of Satan. So it's part of salvation. Colossians 1 verse 13. Colossians 1.13 Deliverance is part of salvation. While you do your trading, we know my daughter here, uh, 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 Selena, hey, the battle that she has fought, even while you are selling your things, devil, they say, man, turn her. We have seen, when you are, uh, Selena, uh, uh, what, uh, Mary, is Mary Bisson here? Mary Bisson, is she here today? She's not here. Hey. And they are waiting for her where she says uh, where she says uh, rice water and she's not here. <laughs> they, they are, she's, she, is she selling rice water this morning? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Colossians 1.13. That for me, that for me, I know what I'm talking about. Too. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Colossians 1.13 Psalm 34 verse 19 Psalm 34 verse 19 Are you there, somebody? Psalm 34, verse 9 says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Therefore, Paul had an earnest expectation and hope that he would be delivered from prison by prayer and the supply of the Spirit, so that he will not be ashamed or disgraced. He will not be ashamed or disgraced. Many of the afflictions that we are facing, challenges that we are facing, you know, initially they look like, oh, nyahwe, nyahwe, but as time goes on, they become uh, something shameful. People begin to talk about it. People begin to talk about it. You know what I'm, I mean? If, 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 if you continue in poverty so that even what to eat is a problem for long. People talk, talk about it. We've been going to church for 20 years and even we have to beg to eat. It doesn't glorify God. It's shameful. You may begin poor, but may you end up rich. Oh, I didn't hear your amen. amen. Because you came poor, but may you end up rich. You came jobless. Jobless. But may you have a good job. Amen. When we were children growing up in Osu, you know, in a gang growing area, they have some money. In fact, every gang man is supposed to go out and work every day. The guns are very hardworking people. You have to go out and work. So if you are unemployed, we, call you, they, we can talk, we call you housing corporation. 
You call the housing, state housing corporation. That means you don't go to work. You have no job. When people are going to work, you are at home. After a while, they begin to call you state housing corporation. So such people, to avoid their shame, they also dress up in the morning, put on white shirt, the only white shirt they have, tie and join trotter. They join trotter as if they are going to work. They'll go and sleep on the benches at, uh, you know, Accra Central. There are benches there. They go and sit there, read graphica the whole day. When workers close, then they also can't hold. Then they can say, Fan, say, Joe. Hey, over one day, I go. As if they have, gone to, they have gone to work. They have not gone anywhere. It's to avoid the shame. Hello? Praise the Lord. You know what I'm talking about? So, so all these things, after a while, become, they become uh, uh, depression. Become, but it doesn't, they don't glorify God. So Paul said, in no way, I shall not be ashamed. I shall not be disgraced. Never, may you never be disgraced or ashamed. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And to avoid this, all that we talked about last week, plus what you are saying now, and what we say in the course of this week, up to Sunday, church, he who has ears to hear, let me hear what the Spirit is saying. You know. Clap for Jesus. Even when we were students, students in secondary school, we didn't have, we didn't have penjure. You know, I mean, nowadays when we are students, we, are, we don't have money. And uh, from Osu to Accra, we walk. We walk. We couldn't afford trotro. So me and my friends, you know, when, those, when we are walking a long distance, we are going from Osu to Accra. If we walk very fast, people know that you are going very far and we don't have money. If you walk fast, they know where you are going is far. Because you don't have money, you are walking. So, even though we are going from Osu to Accra, we walk as if we are just going here. You know. <laughs> and we are going about 10 miles away. <laughs> we chatting. So, people know, so that we know that we are poor. That's why we are going. Hello? Praise the Lord. So, that we are poor. We went to, I went to work in a block factory. Uh, uh, long back. No money. I needed to have money. So, we're looking for something to do. You know, this man, he said, oh, the only thing I can give you is block factory. That time, this, uh, this uh, uh, machine one had just come. He had one at, where they build a Kandeshi market now. There was no market. That's where his block factory was. He said, I'll send you there. I said, oh, we'll do it. We didn't know what it was. Well, we'll do it. We didn't know what it was. Well, we'll do it. We went there. Hey, Ekoshia, Kaya for, Pa, Kaya for. Me and my friend, when they saw us, and we told them, we said, we, we, they said, we are not students. They said, we are students. They said, you can't be students. No student will do this. I said, we'll do it. Then you know what? The man said, the only thing he said, you know, when we are going for delivery, you know, brother, you go for delivery. That's why he told the manager there, don't put them on the, try to go and do delivery. Let them just stay at the, at the factory. Then when you go in the morning, you know the machine, krr, 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 then you, you lift them, hey, when they pay, and they were paying by day. When they pay us, you know that college they had some the women were selling rice and macaroni and hey, we'll go and use other ones, we'll just chop. <laughs> we'll just leave enough money for our transport room. So after about three weeks, we had nothing to do, and so we are quite high. We scared, quite then we stopped. Meanwhile, all our shoulders, body pain. Three weeks. And the day that they are making six inch solid, we don't go to work. Six inch solid, and they make two to lift it top. <laughs> we have not seen anything yet. <laughs> we'll do anything. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And the kind of food that we made, the who are about three They were from Mali and Niger. Hey! <laughs> and then students from, you know, Secondary school from three, from two, from four. California college, man. Hello? <laughs> Clap your hand for Jesus. <laughs> Through prayer and the supply of the Spirit, Christ will be magnified in your body. And may Christ be magnified in your body. Amen. Whether by life, by, by life or by death. There are many Christians, like I said, who are saved. Many are saved. But certain areas of their lives, 
or the lives of their loved ones. And blessings have been captured by the enemy. The enemy is sitting on those things. Therefore, though they have talked successes somewhere else, and heaven is waiting for them, those areas, you can see the enemy is sitting on it. And these Christians need deliverance. Those areas need deliverance. Those things need to be delivered from the hands of the enemy. And how do you do it? By prayer and the supply of the Spirit. Now, prayer brings or invites the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, Spirit of Christ. Prayer. Only prayer. And when the Spirit comes, it comes with its power. The anointing. Prayer, effective, fervent prayer of the righteous person avails much. It's true that the Holy Ghost is everywhere. God is everywhere. But it is not everywhere or in every person that God exerts his power. The Holy Spirit is, is, is omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. But it is not everywhere and not for every person that God will exert his power. You have to be a child of God crying, Abba, Father. You have to be born of water and the spirit. You have to satisfy certain conditions because success in this life, even eternal life, is not unconditional. It is conditional. Some things must be fulfilled. Without Jesus, you cannot make it to heaven. Everything is conditional. Everything that you are doing here is conditional. Therefore, the Holy Ghost comes with prayer. And then he identifies those who belong to you, those who are his. If you do not have the Spirit of Christ, you are not his. The Lord knows those who are his. Then he identifies those who belong to him. And may he identify you all as belonging to him. Then having identified those who belong to him, then he releases a power upon those people. So whatever they are doing now, they begin to prosper. Whatever they are doing, they begin to prosper. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Church, I tell you something. When we finish A-level, it used to be said in those days that primary college, there's something, they used to say we have what called super mock. Do you have mock exam these days? Uh-huh. They said we used to have super mock. By super mock, they meant that midnight, other schools, at least in Kumasi, they said that midnight, they used to take us to some classroom and show us the papers. That's why we're passing. We're all passing, passing, passing. So that year, he said that they would, they, would, they would mark our papers very, very well. So they took our papers to some wicked exam, uh, what do we, is it examiners or uh, those who, markers, eh? markers, wicked markers. So they made sure that we all failed, including me. I also failed. And I was hoping to go to medical school. So when the results came out, then our teachers there said, no, 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 we don't understand. We know that there are some, we are, our students are good. So they, they, they raised objections. And then they said, okay, papers have been marked already. They have been marked already. So the only thing they could do, that, that's why, that they, they would take out some, some of the, the, by random, they would take out some of the papers and remark them. Not many, they took out only about, about five or so, and mine was one of them. May God do so for you also. Amen. So when they mark our paper, they said, I know. Where I was giving C, I should have got A. Where I was giving F. <laughs> F is capital F. After I got B, then they realized that in fact, we have been victimized. That's how they saw it. Because with my paper, you see, if they are trusting somebody's paper, that was not good. They are saying, oh, oh that, I mean, they deserve it. But they chose my paper plus on four others. And because they had, they, 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 I mean, I deserve more marks, then they, because they had to remark all the others. So when we went to medical school that year, of all the schools that came to Kolebu, we had only one medical school. There were six 
Six students from primary college who are medical. That's a record. Usually it's two from Fatipim, one from Adisada, three from Achimota. That year, six of us from primary college were in medical school. And I was one of them. May you be one of them. Amen. It was the work of God. It wasn't by chance. It was the work of God. May the work of God work for you. In the name of Jesus. Because God knew. God knew that he wanted to make me a doctor. In the same way, God knows the successes that he had ordained for you. He had the successes written down before you were born. It is now for you only to position yourself there. And then things will begin to fall into place. May God position you there today. Amen. So the Holy Ghost comes, power comes, the anointing comes, deliverance. Without the power of God, there can be no deliverance. Without the anointing of the Holy Ghost, there can be no deliverance. We need the power of God. That's why that Tuesday, Tuesday, uh, was it Tuesday or Wednesday, after prayer meeting, evening meeting, we were here when we heard loud noises here. Amos, is Amos here? No, Amos was here. So I sent Amos to go and, we had all gone home after evening service. Amos was here. I sent Amos, go and find out what is going on. Amos said, come and see, come and see, come and see. We went out there on this street here. There was a woman who was being delivered here on the street here. And look at they came from a church. They started delivering from a church somewhere there. And the woman was walking home. They were following her with the deliverance. She was walking home. Casually walking home. In the name of Jesus, and he was walking home. So when she got here, she, she got a call. Someone who was being delivered received a call. True story, just here. The person undergoing deliverance received a call and he was. She was answering the call, and the three pastors, come out, come out. And she was, yes, what's he saying? Remember? Pastor, you know, Muhammad, you remember? Here, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Here. If someday I told me that, I said, no, it can't be true. But I saw my naked eye, as Amos. Without God's power, there can be no deliverance. I thank God. That the power of God is with us here. In Jesus' name. Clap your two hands for Jesus. How can you... Where have have we followed anybody here with deliverance to his heart before? Have you seen that before? No, my friend, as he dance, come and help us. My friend, my brother, ask what I know. I met somebody who said, Oh, we have, we have heard things. So. He said, Ah, doctor, you know, he went to some church one day and they were doing deliverance for a certain person. Uh, the pastor prayed, Ah, and the pastor became dehydrated. Then he had that they should bring, uh, they should bring pure water. So he stopped the deliverance, drank the water, grand, 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 grand. We already see what they continued. They said, I've not seen you drinking water before. I don't need water to. Then he was asking me whether I thought is we need water to do deliverance. I said, don't need it's not water, you need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus. So, church, the supply of the spirit. Now, when you look at verse 21, verse 21 of our text. Verse 21 is something that I want to I want to end with. Verse 21 of, um, of Philippians 1 21. Philippians 1 21. Paul says, For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Lord, afflictions, you have that read that many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord delivers him from them all. Afflictions, persecutions, and spiritual attacks are intended by Satan to make us stop following Jesus. These are Satan devices to make us stop following Jesus so that we, we lose hope. And I've seen that happen before. Several times I've seen it happen. And it's very sad. And that's why we need the supply of the Holy Spirit. 
You see, by like Paul, what Paul is saying here that to live is Christ. As long as he's alive in this world, is Christ. Doesn't matter what he's going through or what he was going through, it is Christ. In blessings, Christ. Persecutions, Christ. Afflictions, Christ. Spiritual attacks, Christ. To live is Christ. And that's what I want to live with everyone of you. This, this revival. Beloved, live to live is Christ. Don't look at what is happening. Don't look at Christ. Look at Christ. Now he says on here to die is gain. We know how Ghana here, I think Ghana, as if when you die, dying is something that is. Now told us dying can be beneficial. Oh. You know, dying is good. Hello? Do you understand? Do you agree with me that dying is good? Uh, if you don't die, how can you get to heaven? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Especially as a believer. So he says, to die is gain. To die is gain. So whether he's alive or dying to Paul, it's all gain. He had nothing to lose. Nothing to lose. Beloved, I mean, when you have lived for 120 years and your teeth are all out, you can only eat a, is it egg and what? You drink milk like a baby. Well, I don't try to baby. What are you waiting for? Won't you want to go where they can give you brand new teeth in heaven? Glorify body. Your teeth become fresh again. When all your hair is gone and when you get up from, you see now you get up, you hear your bone crack, crack, crack. You have to, before you get up, your bones are all, joints are all crack. What are, what are you waiting here on this earth for? You have to go to be with the Lord. Hello? Do you agree with me? Thank God that you agree with me. So Paul said, for me, to live is Christ. And of course, that we all know. But what about to die? How can it be gain? How can it be gain? You see, <laughs> Paul is saying that the meaning of life is Christ. Take this home with you. The entire meaning of life is Christ. The whole meaning of life is Christ. Don't forget that. The meaning of, the real meaning of life is Christ. And therefore, what's the meaning of death? The meaning of death too is Christ. Is death. Is Christ. Because see, the meaning of death, the meaning of death to become gain, that you may gain from death, it might be the gain not of going to hell, but the gain of being with Christ Jesus. The meaning of life is Christ. That's why we all accept. But what do you think of the meaning of it? Has death got a meaning? Yes, death has a meaning. And the meaning is gain. Death has gain. And what is that gain? For us, the gain is that through death, when you are old and time, time has come, you know, you want to be with Christ. You know, when I look at the Bible and I read of uh, Jacob, I read of David and others, Abraham. Like, you know, when I look at Jacob, the way he died, the Bible said, was it David? One of them, the Bible said that after he blessed his children, then he, he withdrew his legs on the bed and then he died. <laughs> I mean, that way he surrendered. After blessing his children, Bible said he withdrew. He took his leg back into the bed, covered himself, and then he was gone. That's the way I like to die. Praise the Lord. Hello. Not that Papa no I call no I call no 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 no. Me no I call Papa man me no I call. want to get to the cemetery. You don't want to even enter the. the, the. Hello. Praise the Lord. So even death for us is gain. Why would Peter say so? In the God, God dictated and he wrote it down. This was not Peter's idea. It was God telling that even to die is gain. Because gain to us, death to us is gain. And how is it gain? Because that's the way we get to be with Christ. I told that one day God gave me a glimpse of heaven. 
momentary glimpse. I was asleep. I had a vision of heaven. That's a flash. If God had given me, let me see too much. When I woke up, I would hang myself, so I'll go there. So he gave me only a flash. And when I woke up, I woke up and looked at her and said, Ah, I wish I had not come back. Enka said, Oh, I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. And I don't care what my wife will say, but I will have gone. I'll leave her to take care of the children. Hello? To die is gain. So, Lord, the supply of the Spirit is one thing that we need. Having set a goal, pursuing that goal, pursuing that goal relentlessly, never, never losing sight of the goal. And having put God first, knowing and obeying the word of God, and not getting tired, but pressing on, pressing on, not getting weary, not getting tired. The next thing you need is the supply of the Spirit. Just say, Amen. Amen. Clap your two hands for Jesus.